Hello and welcome to the Creators Podcast, where we explore ideas around creativity, curiosity and intuition. I'm the host Elise, and on this podcast I'll be talking to a range of artists, both emerging and established, about their own journey with creativity. Today I'll be talking with Jacqueline Foster, an abstract artist, teacher, creative mentor and muralist. She's a quirky, bold and eccentric lady who I'm so lucky to be speaking with today. So let's wind back a little and tell me what's been going on. This year I transitioned into full-time art. So Jan 1, 2020 rolled over and I had officially, I'm going to say retired because that sounds noble. <laughs> I had retired Found from my, one. yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I had retired from my council job and to pursue doing art. So that's probably been the biggest shift of 2021. That's huge. That In a is nutshell. That's huge. Yeah, that's huge. And I think a lot of people would have that kind of as a dream to aspire to do that. Is it something that um, was it what you expected? Has it been rockier, smoother? What's that transition been like? That's a great question because I think so. I went from working 35 hours a week. Um, in a, like in another job and like uh, the one that I was previously in, I was actually a lifeguard um, and a receptionist, yeah, at a pool, which was a bit random. And then COVID hit and my hours got cut and I ended up being moved to do Meals on Wheels. So delivering meals to, yeah, people that weren't able to out, you know, get out and about and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it actually cut my hours back. So I had gone from working like 35 hours a week down to um, like maybe between maybe six to 10 hours a week. So I got wow. gifted. Yeah, I got gifted a lot of time. Um, and that's what I kind of looking back, that was, I guess, my bridging phase as in, you know, it was a bridge to help support me financially, but also to build a business as well. Mm, time's such yeah. a scary thing as well though it can be such a good distraction when you are working I mm-hmm. mean you can always crave and like oh I wish I had more time I wish I had more time but like when you do have time whew, yeah. that can be a scary thing it can be a place where you absolutely excel and grow it could be a place that's like can't yeah. put up with yourself like it's scary yeah it is and it's really funny because I remember before COVID hit and I was doing you know my big lot of hours I remember this one day where after you know after a shift I just went and sat in a this – this is going dark quite quick. Um, I went and sat in a park and I um, I just cried because I thought I was working and thinking about all these things that I could be doing and all these projects that I could be working on or things that I wanted to make happen, but I didn't feel like I had time. And I remember going to my friends around me, I wish I didn't have that safety net because, you know, if you just take a shift, you had guaranteed money, but you're not really pushed. Mm. and when COVID hit and, and I guess my pay was cut, I my safety net was slowly going, you know, and, and for mm. me that was a real real motivator. So, yeah, it's a bit of a sink or swim, I think. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And were you scared about, like, pursuing art? Like, what were some of your doubts? Because I know I'm, as, in, like, an emergent artist, find it so scary to be giving up work hours for something that's not guaranteed pay that like you may not get back like when I spend money on materials I guess I'm scared still (laughs) I think it's just it's just a 
it's a process that isn't linear for everyone. For some people, it'll go really fast. For some people, it'll go really slow. Like, I guess me, my transition from kind of hobby e to where I am now really was maybe, which upon reflection is quite quick, maybe 12 to 18 months. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of had 12 to 18 months of kind of, I use the term like flexing the muscle of, you know, slowly spending more art on spending more money on my business, you know, slowly spending more time on my business. Like it was a very gradual process, which I believe like, you know, you kind of nudge your boundaries, you kind of keep kind of pushing yourself to see what you can do because, you know, 12 to 18 months ago, I wasn't ready to go full time. My goodness, mm. I would have blown all my money in one week. I would have made mm. nothing and probably, yeah, cried mm. in a heap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel you. Um, did and did you feel that um, where was I getting at? Were oh, you worried okay. you weren't gonna make it? Like you put in the time. You, know, you you've let go of your job. You've let go of your guaranteed hours. Did you feel like you might not make it as an artist, or you had confidence? You're like I know it's coming. It's like I've yeah. got this potential within me. I and I guess you were said they were gonna talk about intuition. Um. Mm-hmm. I built myself up that I knew it, that it would work in that I had mm. been a certain level of income that I'm like, all right, I only need to make up X amount per week to make up for what I'm losing. You know, does that feel mm-hmm. possible? Yes. Like, don't get me wrong. There, there was always periods of doubt, but it had actually got to the stage where I wasn't managing the two in that I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, giving myself as much to Meals on Wheels as I would have liked because I was so busy with my art. But then I also felt like I wasn't giving enough to my art because I was also doing Meals on Wheels. And I just, my my body actually, upon reflection, my body actually kind of made the decision because I remember because I actually had a contract where I was meant to end um, Meals on Wheels in April. What? Yeah, so literally just now. Um, but it got to Christmas time and I'd been trying to navigate the two jobs and um I went to the physio and I'd injured my shoulder and he'd actually said he's like this this isn't really injured he's like this is just a stress injury wow yeah and as soon as I went home I was like no I think this is it I think you know I was told I wasn't allowed to paint because of this injury but I had actually caused the injury just from stress and as soon as I am yeah as soon as I kind of made the decision to go full-time that stress just lifted and my shoulder got better wow that's powerful wow no that's, that's, that's incredible and I kind of feel the same I'm like I'm one part of me definitely is scared to one day let go of my job and and pursue art but I feel deep down like a really strong pull like it would be wrong of me to not listen to it like I don't, I, I don't know I feel this bottled up potential and mate I know I haven't reached it yet but I I get so excited to think about art is in my life forever that I yeah. can keep exploring. Like there's something that, oh, it gets me so excited. It just like fills me with passion and joy that I'm going I'm going down that route. Whether, yeah. like, whether I make it or not, you know, like I'm going down that way and it's such an exciting thing because there are no rules, there are no limits. No, it's, exactly. It's a, it's a playground. Yeah, it really is. And I think that's kind of one of the, the best and I guess best and worst in the, I guess it depends how you look at it, but it's not linear. There is no, you know, I guess you could say that there is a, there is a path, but it's very much guided by you. It's very much guided by how you want to do it and how you want to structure it. You know, I do get asked a lot, you know, is doing this full time for everyone. And I'll actually say no, because Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot to be said in, you know, 
keeping your creativity just for creativity if that's what you want. If you want it, like if you don't want to rely on it as a source of income, that's okay too because I think there can also be a very real pressure on people to, if you want to do something, you have to be exceptional at it. You have to monetize it. Whereas I think it's okay. Like, do you you know what I mean? I feel, yeah. Mm, mm -hmm. That's my massive pull at the moment. It's like I love doing just the the little things like filling sketchbooks, um, like doing collage. So I'll take myself to a cafe and I'll do a collage of the cafe. And and that's just my my little downtime. I'll, you know, pour paint and I'll dance in paint. And that's purely for an expression of creativity. It's like, well, where do I draw the line between like wanting to grow that as a business Mm. and make that an income and just that being a pure form of expression between me and myself? Because it does change and your relationship with art does change. Like I I don't want to say that I lost my hobby because that's not a nice way to put it, but it's not a hobby anymore, you know. It's a business. It's a business now, Um, you know, it's – yeah, I've kind of had to look elsewhere to find that real outlet, to find that real um, turn off and things like that. Like I'm back playing soccer, which has been really nice because, um, yeah, it, do- it does really change. Like you kind of do have that in the back of your mind of, you know, is this like will this benefit my business? Is this an investment? Am I wasting my time? You become very conscious of those things. Yeah. Mm. And does that change what you paint? Like if you had no money associated, it didn't need to sell, would you yeah. be painting the same things? Um, yes and no in that at the moment my, I guess my main limitation or what I'm feeling limited by is the size of my space. Like mm-hmm. I, like listening to my intuition, I know that once I move, you know, off-site and I have my own studio, my style will shift massively just logistically being able to you know lay big artworks down um just the sheer scale of things my my artwork would look quite different mm-hmm. um, and I and I can say that deep down that I know that yeah yeah, yeah. and in and in terms if, if you weren't say post any on social media if none were to be sold do you think you'd still be painting the same style same things that being said, yes, because I something I've learnt to roll with is that my paintings don't look the same, that the style that I'll do one day might differ to the next day, might differ to the next day. And I will most of the time, unless obviously it's a commission and someone has explicitly asked, um, you know, for something in particular, it, it will change and it will be very much just what I'm wanting to do on the day. Mm, beautiful. No, yeah. That's, that's, that's really cool. That's really cool. And what um does what does determine your paintings? Like what it what's the inspiration? What I don't know, what ideas yeah. come about it? Do you usually pre plan or you kind of like mix some colours and pop them on? Yeah, no, I I want to pre plan. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be one of those people that like, <laughs> you know, sketches them out and that kind of thing. Um but I'm gonna stay positive and say that doing that is not doing that is okay too. Um, but no, it's just very much felt by what um, what I'm feeling at the time. But but that's also very much guided by um, what's going on around me. What's it's it's very heavily influenced by what's going on in my personal life, be it my friendships, relationships, you know, um, seasonal. That's that kind of thing. It's very much reflected. Um, I was actually yeah. just about to ask you that. That's funny. You said that I was going to ask about, you know, your current emotions and environment, if that 
that changes it. And that's and that's really cool because it means you get to tap in to how you feel and what you see like within your environment that actually shapes your art. That's really cool to see that. Yeah, and I think because I often have a lot of quirky kind of names for the paintings and stuff like that. Um, they are they are often very heavily linked to what um, to what is going on in my life, but also I really like that they're really open to interpretation, um, you know, mm. from other people. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. And what and what pulls you to abstract art? What? Sorry. Like what? What pulls you to abstract art? Um, I think because it's limitless and it's what I really, really enjoy and it's and it's where my skills lie, to be honest. Um mm. mm-hmm. it's it's really funny. I had a conversation with my nan the other day who was she was she was concerned because I hadn't <laughs> been I hadn't been painting anything realistic and she was worried that I was gonna lose my talents. <laughs> and I'm like, No, no, this is still talent. <laughs> um uh. Yeah, it's just what I feel called to and it's it's always funny because um, yeah, often the colour palette is just really what I'm vibing with at the time and some sometimes I really, really just I will need to use a colour and I can't even bear to look at another one. Um, and I think abstract gives you so much room to play with that. Mm, mm, I agree. I agree. Like I'm, I've been wanting to work on like my skill side as well, but I just get so drawn, especially if I'm in a funky mood, like to just mm. whip out my primary colours, just mix some nice palettes and just pop them on a canvas and just re- like just be mixing the colours just to be playing with them. It's just so therapeutic. It's so beautiful to just see it unfold mm. in I think an abstract that, form. 100%. And I think the love and the genuine enjoyment of when you're really present and that kind of thing, it, it shows. And it really, mm. it really shows in the artwork and, and people can see that versus when you're kind of doing it for the sake of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I, I think as well, like, abstract art has a bit of a bad connotation. Oh, it's not skill. Like, anyone could do it. A child can do it. But it oh, is I could do so, it. Yeah. <laughs> it is so raw and pure when when that expression comes through. Like, it's yeah. not just, oh, it's just a stroke on the canvas. Like, there's something subconscious that we don't realise when the colours mix, when the, you know, the balance is there, when it's just done like that. It's so beautiful that there's, like, nothing realistic if you just paint a glass. Or yeah. a cup, for example, it doesn't capture that the same. And I think something that has always stuck with me, um, and this is like really, really early on, back when I started painting again, because when I started painting, I um, I actually had no intention of of becoming a full time artist. Like that wasn't, you know, I didn't kind of set out to to do this. If that makes sense, I was still very much mindset of um, you know, this is fun, but keep your day job kind of thing. Yeah, but I, yeah. I remember a friend when we went to the NGV. Can't remember what painting it was, but it was an incredibly simplistic one. It was huge, and there was just kind of a singular object from memory. And and I just remember them saying, you know, you know, you think you could do that, but you didn't. Mm-hmm. And that and that has been a real driver for me because I'm like, you know, if I get a huge canvas and I do one thing on it, and I frame it and I sell it, you know, other people could do that, but they didn't. And I think that's an incredibly powerful thing to possess, particularly with abstract. Yeah, absolutely. And as well, like, if you connect with it on any level, like, it's done its job. Whether you yep. understand it or not, if you get drawn to that, like, that's its purpose. 100%. And sometimes you won't even resonate with the painting, but someone else will. And I think that's a really interesting thing too. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. Just how you, how you interact. And going back on that, what did 
um, start your art? Like where did that kind of begin? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> back to primary school me. We'll go way back. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, I, I did pri- – like I loved art all through school. Um, I – as much as I want to say that skill has nothing to do with it and if you're determined enough, you make it happen – I do believe that, but I also believe that there is a certain aspect of having the skill there because, like, I remember looking back and seeing my, um, you know those plates that you get in kinder that you, yeah. like, draw on? Your family mine, and stuff. Yeah, mine was, like, spot on. Like, <laughs> not to toot my own horn, but, like. Oh, I wish. Mine was atrocious. <laughs> yeah, but, like, I really remember. Um, actually, how old are you, Elise? I don't know if you're going to be old enough for this. I'm 21. Yeah, do you know, do you know the Teletubbies? yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so, so I remember I'd drawn on this plate and I'd drawn this, like, green figure with ears and whatnot. I had a face. And mum's like, oh, that's cute. It's the dog. And I was like, mum, it's green. It's a Teletubby. Like, like, do you know, like, I remember just, like, having that clear concept of kind of, like, what I was drawing, how yeah. I wanted things to look. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely, like, slayed at colouring in competitions. Like, that was, that was my jam. Your jam, yeah. That was, yeah. And, like, I loved Art Attack and um, all that kind of stuff. And then... I even, like, I sold my first painting when I was, like, 15. So my year 10 or 16, 15 or 16, my year 10 final art project. Wow. Yeah, the lady in, like, the head office bought it. So it was, like, this massive painting of this rose and so much love and so much time went into it. And then, like, I hit year 11 and 12 and then, again, like, I did so much art but then I very much fell into that trap of, um, uh, you know, go find a real job because art's not it. Mm, yeah. yeah as cool as well when you start surrounding yourself with other artists like you realize it's so possible like during school it's like you know what career are you getting in what degree what uni are you going to go into it's, it feels impossible and then you start surrounding yourself like I surround myself like with travelers and people who are you know got their own business and who are you know artists and it's just like whoa this is so doable this yeah. is so possible when you surround yourself of like with people that have that mentality too it's like ah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can I can just book the next flight and go somewhere and have no idea where I'm going or I can just like see where it takes me, but in school it can be very limited. I think I think yeah. it comes from a place of love of you know, we want you to yeah. have somewhere so you have a job and you have security. We, yeah, we don't want you stressed for money and, and stuff. So we'll do what we yeah. can to get you into a job. But I think when you're yeah. a creative it's it's about pushing that further and about finding what you truly are passionate about. Yeah, hundred percent, because I don't I don't remember feeling like this was possible in school. Yeah, like, neither, neither. Yeah, like I remember, I mean, this is so bizarre. Like go, we went to, um, I remember like I was 16. I can even like re- viscerally like remember what I was wearing and we went to um, this particular art gallery in Mildura and there was this artist there that I really, really enjoyed. And funnily enough, she follows me now. Like what a, <laughs> what a, what a world. But that, like I'm in chats with that art gallery now about doing a residency there like do you know what I mean like back then I wouldn't have even thought that was possible yeah absolutely and and it's not really encouraged either because I I find that funny um we're talking about that because I looked at moving schools kind of went through a bit of a funny phase I was like you know I just need I need move schools fresh start yeah that kind of thing and there was an alternative school so I went to check it out with uh, my mum and dad and we checked out like the art studio and dad's like look there's going to be people that have done art for a long time and I know you haven't really done much before. So don't compare yourself to others and like really don't expect any of your work to get up on the walls. Like don't just you do you 
just know, you know, like that others are probably going to be better. Don't let yourself get down and bad. And there I am, like I won, you know, best folio award and I had, um, it was such an incredible, like incredible experience being able to showcase some of my work and, you know, um, apply Mm. to top arts and whatnot. I kind of feel like that was, yeah, funny that I got spoken to is like, you know, don't let yourself get down. Don't worry if it doesn't work out kind of thing. And I really, I really excelled at that place. I, I loved it. Yeah, how funny. It's funny the um I don't know if you know they call I think they're called negs. Like a compliment that's an insult. Mm. Like a yeah, cuz that's I haven't heard of that, but yeah. Yeah, cuz it's essentially what it is. Like they're going, you know, they want to look after you. They want you to be okay, but they're actually going you'll probably never make it that far. Like, do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Anywho. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I guess that was that was the beginning of my art career I um, came up with like a concept around um, like destruction of like the body and nature and I completely immersed myself in making this massive like cocoon with um, like bitumen paint and tar and I just completely absorbed myself and I'm so grateful that I did move schools into a place that was a bit more nurturing a bit not necessarily Mm. you can make it as an artist kind of vibe but just yeah just pursue what you wanted to do if if VCE isn't really your thing like that's fine just keep pursuing what you love and that kind of was a really good beginning to like where I take my art or otherwise it would have been oh that subject won't get you a good ATAR you know that might bring your ATAR down it's scary to know that's what people stress about at school Mm, and see like sorry Mm. no no go um because yeah so because I guess when I look back so I was 18 and then I moved to Geelong from Mildura um to study occupational therapy so something completely unart related and I really lost myself for like quite a number of years um and I think it it was a bit of a double-edged sword in that you know I knew that I hated it from the start but then there's the thing if you haven't done this long enough to know that you properly hate it and then Mm. by the time I had kind of gone no I do really hate it I'd kind of gone too far the other way in that I was closer to finishing mm-hmm. um so I think it's a really interesting thing to look back and and it's not something that I try because I do feel like it's dwelling if I look back and go oh you know I wonder what my life would have looked like had I done art straight away but also it brought me to where I am today and it gave me the determination and the experience and the life experience that heavily impacts my work today Absolutely. And I mean, where would you be if you never stopped occupational therapy? Yeah, exactly. And like I think that's a huge thing you gave it up. Yeah. And the thing is, like, uh, so for those listening, I, um, those who don't know me, I ended up leaving my degree like literally three weeks before graduating. That's how bad, <laughs> that's how bad I didn't want it. Like, I just, everyone else had finished and I literally just had this one placement to go and my mental health just took such a dive. And then I had three weeks out of these eight weeks to go. I literally passed halfway and like, I was just so miserable and I ended up getting my husband to take me to the doctor at like 10 o'clock at night. And just to be like to this doctor, I was like, you need to give me something like I'm not okay. And then he kind of ran through the checklist of, you know, cause I was like, okay, you know, I think my anxiety is back. Um, and this doctor who, was super rude but super spot on he literally just said to me he's like you're not anxious you just hate what you're doing and it was just like a light bulb Mm. moment and I just remember on the drive home and my husband just saying like do you want any part of this you know do you want to be a physiotherapist do you want to be a social worker do you want to do something where having this degree will be helpful and I just remember it was like a whole body no 
Like there is no, like I don't want any of this. And I think that's, well, I don't think, I know it's a, it's a really big driver for what I do today because, you know, I don't have that degree to fall back on. And if I did have it, I definitely would have used it. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. But I feel like you wouldn't be so fulfilled. And that's, and that's what's really hard is when you are a really passionate or determined person, like we can do day jobs. We can work, say, in occupational therapy or as a nurse. But if it's not our true calling, like mm. we're not happy enough and we're willing to do something about it and change it like we're not just gonna be like oh it's whatever I don't like it like we're mm. we're gonna make the change to fulfill it but it's so scary because a lot you know most people will be happy with just a yeah. typical office job day job but we're not satisfied and it's scary because we've got to go further and push further to get that level 100%. of comfort that others get but then we also have the ability to you know do art to be able to express and create and do things that are out of the norm and it's, it's really funny that you mentioned that because hey, you're saying how we're such passionate, determined people. I felt in my core that I was passionate and determined and that I was a leader. And But my actions literally showed the opposite. So like my best friend who I met doing occupational therapy, she loved occupational therapy. She said I was the worst student ever. Like I would rock in late. I wouldn't do the pre-readings. So it was like this these mismatched things because I'm like, no, I feel like I'm passionate and I feel like I'm determined, but my actions were literally showing the opposite. Like I even remember mm. getting feedback in my job, just my, my part-time one of them going, you don't possess leaderships, leadership qualities. And it's still something that I think about today because it's like, no, I, I do have leadership qualities. It's just that I didn't care. Yeah. And it, yeah, absolutely. It needs to be in the right field and the right area. And there's no point wasting your energy into something that doesn't naturally fuel you. Like I'm kind of just tapping into that, like in terms of energy, what brings me energy, what drains it and like mm. things that drain it. It's so, it's so toxic. It's so harmful to kind of be around. And the, they're those things that bring me abundance. And I just, I just excel. I absolutely go for it because it just yep. keeps bringing me up. And that's what we should be, be working in. Mm, and it's really funny that you mentioned that because I was having a chat the other day of, um, when things are hard or when things are really, really hard. So I would say that I work quite hard for my job. Um, mm-hmm. And unfortunately, like I was saying, you have kind of caught me in a little bit of an area of burnout. But I do my job with so much love and I want to give so much to it. It doesn't feel hard per se. Whereas I've done things in life that have felt hard, hard, that have felt mm-hmm far too hard and you don't get the rewards for it and yeah that's also something that I think has been a really interesting learning curve because I remember doing these placements um and they just felt I'm gonna hard hard you know what I mean Do you, yeah mm-hmm. like whereas it's kind of like going against the grain it's just like just this is too hard so much force yeah yeah, yeah too much force yeah because there's you know I do work incredibly hard for my business but that being said I kind of do it with ease yeah and that's when you kind of know you're tapping into the right source when it's not completely burning you out. It's not leaving you angry and furious. It's going to exactly. have its challenges. Absolutely. Yeah. But in the, like overall, it kind of keeps giving you energy. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, like even though I'm in a period of burnout and I do need rest, it's, you know, and I'll give myself that rest, but I'm, I'm excited to come back and do it all over again. <laughs> <laughs> what a cycle. What a cycle. Mm. yeah there you go yeah it kind of um reminds me of when I did my work placement I did um work placement in nursing and I was I was so just like that's my dream job like I want to go 
you know, I, I want to be a nurse. I've thought about it all the time. I just want to be a nurse. I want to be a nurse. And I did my placement and kind of realized, like, not anything against nursing, but, but yeah. in my terms, I wanted to be able to kind of change the field to bring in my own input and suggestions, ideas. And, like, when I did yeah. it, it was very much, all right, here's a piece of paper. This is your checklist. Yeah. Do it, like, spot on. Don't make a change. Like, it's protocol. And yeah. that kind of opened up my eyes to be like, all right, I'm I'm feeling quite stuck in this. This is quite rigid. I want to, you know, I want to, like, I made stress balls for the patients and wrote cards because, like, I just want to be able to really, like, you know, yeah. have a conversation or, like, make their day or or bring some input and kind of realise that wasn't what I wanted to do. And I think some people, yeah, will finish a complete degree and then realise that's not what they want to do. But as long as they do make the change, if they've noticed that it's not the right idea, if they do make mm. the change, like, it's that's really important that they don't just keep pushing through unhappy. Yeah. And it's really funny because for whatever reason, I just seem to be the poster gal of occupational therapists becoming artists. <laughs> like it's so like, honestly, there have been so many people in my DMS that have nothing against occupational therapy. I think it's a fantastic profession. It's just not for me, but yeah, I have honestly had so many people go, yeah, so I don't do occupation. Like, I worked as an occupational therapist for X amount of years and now I'm becoming an artist and they just all seem to, the world just kind of places them in my lap, (laughs) which is quite funny. That is funny. That is funny. But I'm just, yeah, really proud that you've been able to notice that and still walk away rather than, oh, well, I've got the degree now. I've almost got the degree. Like I may as well keep taking the easy option and and going Mm. that way. The fact that you're like, something doesn't feel right. I'm not sure what I really want like that. That's huge. Not a lot of people get to do that. Like that's yeah hats off to you thank you and I think what was really interesting though is like when I quit my degree you know I do wish I could kind of look back and go oh you know I left I left my degree knowing what I wanted to do because that wasn't it I didn't leave going I want to be an artist I left and I went okay I found out what I don't want to do what do I do actually want to do Mm. you know what I mean like and that was just as scary but I think it's just as valuable and I think Knowing what doesn't work for you is equally as important as what does. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot of exploration. Yeah, you 100%. can do when you don't want you're not you're not like, cool, this is what I want to do, so everything else is irrelevant. It's like, ooh, what should I test out? What should I try? What what does bring me joy? That's such a period of excitement. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been absolutely incredible to be able to talk to you and kind of find out a little bit more about how you made it as an artist and how you have found your own way yeah um, no worries at all thank you so much from for having me on you're welcome so that wraps up this week's podcast featuring Jacqueline Foster where she shared about her experience leaving a steady job for something unknown and unpredictable but so full of passion she's shown that listening to your intuition will guide you in the right direction and she's an excellent example of someone who follows their passion Stay tuned if you want to hear from more artists about their journey in the creative field.